Hello everyone and welcome to another episode. If you're listening to this at time of publishing, it's right around the end of the year, it's time for the holidays, and it might be an interesting time to think about the year gone by, what we've learned, and planning some positive things for the year to come. So what might we talk about in this episode? Of all things, I thought it might be an interesting contrast in the holiday season to talk about something as how to get better at saying no. And you might be surprised to learn why that might be a good thing. We'll also have a fun side discussion about whether you should or shouldn't attend that holiday party at work. And we'll find at least one bit of wisdom to close out this last episode for the year. So let's start with the main topic of this week, which is how can we get better at saying no? Now, let's, as always, get some context and background here. Saying no, as opposed to yes, or maybe, or it depends... What are we even talking about? Well, if you're in the world of work, as they say, people have requests for you all the time. Could be an email, a text message, a Zoom call, an in-person, shall we say, uh, walk by your cubicle if you're on site. And there's things that perfectly and easily and simply fall within your purview. No problem. There are those things that are stretching the limits a little bit. And then there are things that are well beyond the limits of what you're expected to be doing. Or how late you're expected to be doing them. Or how fast you're being expected to do them. If you are like most people in the workforce, you're always making some kind of calculation. Is this worth it? Am I being asked too much? If I say no, are there consequences? Could I lose my job? Could I be denied a promotion? Could I be just put in someone's bad books? Nobody likes that kind of punishment or retribution. And of course, it's not legal. But let's be, let's be honest. It does happen. Saying no to someone who has any kind of say in your work rating or performance review or promotion or any other kind of beneficial opportunity at work, even if it might not be a professional opportunity, but a social opportunity at work, a chance to get into the inner circle, which has its own benefits in the workplace. Right? So yes, a lot of us end up saying yes to things like staying late or coming in early or doing one extra batch of files or moving a little faster on this one request based on who's making the ask. So what could there possibly be as far as a wiggle room to not say yes so often and be confident 
that saying no doesn't hurt us, or hurt us too much anyway. Well, let's think of a couple of ways that we could do that. The first thing we can do is definitely avoid black and white responses if that's something you're unsure of. In a general sense, being confidently yes and saying confidently no is not not a harmful thing. It's it's perfectly acceptable in a healthy culture. But let's face it, we're not always working in perfectly positive work environments. So there's there's a tool for every situation. If you don't feel comfortable doing something and you know it's not part of what you're required to do, what you can always consider is saying yes, but not yet, or yes, but soon when I can get to it. Okay. Consider that as an option. So let's say you won't be comfortable just saying not yet or asking for more time. Let's say that's not an option for you and you really need to do a hard no here. What is it that you can do to make it easier? Well, what, what do most people do? Most people apologize and say, I'm so sorry. I wish I could help you. It's really not possible for me right now. Maybe next time. And between the sorry and the next time, you give you give people enough softening of the blows that the no doesn't feel too blunt and too harsh. And it shows that there's a willingness, but that things are outside of your control. And what can be a little bit more specific, and it might even be perfectly genuine, like, hey, I'm so sorry, I wish I could help you, but so-and-so has me doing this instead right now, and I won't be able to finish... Uh, that right up until the end of the day. So I'm, I'm swapped for the rest of the day. And that's a perfectly legitimate task oriented decline. That's fine. It's acceptable. You shouldn't feel bad about making that point. Now, of course, what I have seen and just talking off the top of my head here is when it can get interesting is let's say you work in the kind of position where different people have access to you. Let's say you're an administrative role of some kind or tech support, IT, right? And other and more than one person can approach you and ask you for your time, your assistance, your services. And let's say they are of different hierarchies in the organization you're in, right? One is more senior, one is one is not, one is less. And it could be that the one that's more, more senior tries to pull rank here, even though they're, shall we say, behind in the line and the other person was there first. What you can always do in that scenario is you stay out of it and you have those two people talk it out and say, I can't do, I can't, you know, cut this person out of line. But if you talk to them and they're okay with it, I'm happy to help you folks out. This way, you make yourself a neutral party. You're not making any kind of judgment call. You're not openly declining the senior ranking person, right? And this way, you're allowing people to work things out informally 
while at the same time implying that there are certain rules here, first in, first out, in this example, right? And so now you get the idea. You are doing your best to be respectful of your time to yourself, and yet you're trying to do it in a way where you don't ruffle too many feathers, because, I mean, why do that unnecessarily? So let's go to an extreme scenario that there's no sugarcoating it. There's no, there's no, uh, shall we say, rule that you can put in front that, hey, because I'm following such and such a rule, I'm, un I'm unable to help you, right? How, is there a room for you to say a hard no to someone? And how could you do it successfully without apologizing? So if you don't want to if you don't want to apologize, and there isn't necessarily a rule, most people will accept good logic and good reasoning. Even if they do it begrudgingly, they'll accept it. So if you say option A is more cost effective than option B, the people pushing option A are not going to be happy. They might be upset, they might make faces, they might complain, but it's clear. Option A is, uh, you know, one of, one of the options, let's put it this way, one of the options is more cost effective and the other one isn't. And that's as clear as, as can be. So is there perhaps a secret option number four where you just say no and don't give any reasons? It's possible, but I don't recommend it because ultimately this is a podcast about teaching you communication skills and communication skills is impossible are impossible to practice if we don't also think about our relationship with the other person. Either they get logic or they get an, they get some placating with an apology or they get a yes, but a conditional yes. Those are the three that are most applicable. Now, there will be a whole other episode that we could devote to conflict management. We have some dabbling in conflict management in past episodes. And yes, there might be a scenario where, due to very extenuating circumstances, a hard yes and a hard no might indeed be required. But like I said, people still need to hear why. Now, the why might be a judgment call. The why might be some value, right? Like honesty or authenticity or value for money or the customer is always right. People need to hear that, even if it's not a nuts and bolts answer like cost effectiveness. People need to hear even your gut feeling reason why something is right or wrong. And that's, I think, where I'd like to leave that topic. Hope it gives you some food for thought. So let's go to the next topic of the day. Should you or should you not attend your holiday party? Now, of course, we're putting aside for a minute considerations like illnesses, you know, uh, maybe you don't want to, uh, maybe you don't live nearby, uh, your office. A lot of people live far away from their offices here in the post remote work world. 
So, but let's let's assume for a second that your office is accept uh, is accessible to you, and you're well enough. There's a party. Should you go? Well, think about what a party is, and think about reasons why people don't go to their work office holiday party. The idea of the party is that people put aside their work hats metaphorically speaking, and put aside some time to connect with each other on a personal level. And of course, one should be careful, no question about it, to neither partake in uh, nor condone any kind of misbehavior. That's a blanket statement that we can all uh, respectfully and maturely agree to. Putting that piece aside as well, why do other people, why do people avoid these parties? You feel perhaps awkward or insecure or anxious or you don't know anybody or you just don't know what to say or you think you won't have a good time. Those are all understandable reasons. And at the same time, what if it's the, we take this as a challenge and it's, okay, maybe I don't want to stay there five hours, right? But I could go for 45 minutes, one hour, 30 minutes. Do a deal with yourself. And it's like, I go there, I have one uh, snack or beverage, whatever, whatever is available. I talk to two or three people. I make sure people see me there. Take a picture or two. If there's a group photo, try and partake in that. Because that's what people remember by the end of it. And if there's a game or a gift exchange, like they have Secret Santa at some, at some, uh, at some offices where people get selected to buy each other gifts. Partake in it. Be a part of it. Because even if you don't necessarily like everybody who works there, you do work there. And assuming you want to keep working there, you want to show at least that you made the effort. So even if it doesn't work out and you don't make great lifelong friends and you don't even last maybe six more months at that workplace, at least no one will have the reason to say you didn't try. And most importantly, you will be content in knowing that you gave a decent try at making this workplace work. So with that, let's come to uh, maybe a closing thought for this last episode of the year. You know what? We always have this concept, uh, the the glass half full, glass half empty, right? And I mean, it's such a simple, perhaps cliche concept. And yet it always fascinates me because it's about perspective. It's about how you think about it. And how you think about it really does, if you, if you ponder for a moment, how you think about something, how you look at it, really does become the reality. So I came up with a couple of lines to uh, try and make a positive spin on this. That if you choose, because happiness is a choice, right? So if you choose to be happy, you'll be happy. If you choose to see the glass as half full, your cup will never be empty. And with that, everyone, wish you a happy holidays. And we'll see you in the new year.